At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday evening. A lot to unpack throughout the next hour, so we'll tee that up for you right here. In just a couple of moments, we'll be talking about midweek movements. Just like we did Teaser Tuesday yesterday, we had to make a few exceptions, right? Because we got a finite amount of games this weekend. We'll be doing the same things with midweek movements. We'll tell you which games have seen those movements, whether it's with the spread or the total for NFL wildcard weekend. Even if it's minimal, we'll cover all the games and tell you where some of those odds have shifted. Afterward, 15 minutes from now, host of the Philadelphia City Cast. You know him, you love his work. Ryan Rothstein covering his Eagles all season long will tell us his hopes that he's got for the Eagles in their chances, if any, against Tom Brady and the Bucs this weekend and there's a Sixers game tonight to look forward to so if we got some time we'll squeeze that in with Ryan and 15 then a half hour from now over at PFF love his work especially when it comes to all the analytics and his betting angles Eric Eager will be hopping on a half hour talking about his top plays for NFL wildcard weekend and honestly we'll see if he's got any futures he likes too at this point heading into the postseason and speaking of some of the futures 45 minutes from now they have some interesting futures you can bet heading into the postseason at bet rivers who's going to be the leading receiver who's going to be the leading passer we will be discussing those angles for futures markets and tomorrow we'll probably talk about specifics with nfc and afc and super bowl but for tonight i wanted to really hone in on those specifically but let's go ahead, get things started like we always do on Wednesday and tell you where the biggest movements have been for the upcoming NFL slate. So for Wild Card Weekend, let's begin with midweek movements and we can start in order of when these games are kicking off. Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff. We've got the Raiders and the Bengals. Las Vegas coming off quite the hectic game, that's for sure. And look, it's not an easy opponent going against the Bengals who absolutely handled business the first go around in Las Las Vegas so a tough trip we can assume for the Raiders coming into the spot but the movement has slightly gone toward Las Vegas so this thing actually opened up with Cincinnati as a six and a half point favorite yet the market has shown respect for the Raiders now catching five and a half at Bet Rivers 
Total's been steady at 49, really hasn't gone too crazy. You saw a little bit of love, I believe, to the over at first, and now it's kind of settled back down at 49. In terms of those odds, the over's minus 110, under minus 112 with the total at 49. I'm, I'm honestly, I guess I'm not completely shocked that the markets come down in favor of the Raiders because the assumption would be from a lot of betters that the Bengals would roll in this game. They ended their season hot. They've been dominant. They crushed the Raiders earlier this season. So I can kind of see the thought process of wanting to take the points with the Raiders. But at the end of the day, I, I just don't know if I could trust this Las Vegas team. I thought going into last week, that might have been the game where their luck would finally run out considering all the adversity they've dealt with. And it didn't happen. Look, props to the Raiders. This is probably going to be that game, though. But that didn't mean that I wanted to lay the six and a half at the opener with the Bengals. Doesn't mean I necessarily want to lay the five and a half right now with the Bengals. But like we talked about yesterday, maybe you could just tease down Cincinnati just to have a little bit more comfort. But if you want to just go with the outright spread, movement, if you want to follow that, has gone with Las Vegas, or if you wanted a better number on the Bengals, minus five and a half is what it is now. I would still lean toward laying with Cincinnati regardless because I do just think after that exhausting game on Sunday night, it's kind of a comeback down to reality type of game for this Raiders squad. Even though I know things are different in the postseason, I think Cincinnati's geared up for this game. So, uh, movement has gone toward the Raiders. Don't disagree with it per se. However, that wouldn't be the direction I would play it. Let's talk about the next game, Saturday night, 7.15 p.m. kickoff. We've got a division rival once again, rivals going up against each other, being the Bills and the Patriots. So this game, to me, is arguably the most fascinating because we saw what happened in that first go-around. What was it, 14 to 10, when there was wind gusts of upwards to 40, 50 miles per hour, whatever the heck it was. Look, the Patriots dealt with that adversity, just out-schemed Buffalo and was able to take care of business. Well, then a couple weeks later, you go to Foxborough and the Bills do quite the same, and they get a pretty impressive win over the Patriots. And then this spread opened up for the playoff game with Buffalo as a four-and-a-half-point home favorite. Total opened up 43-and-a-half. Total you're now seeing up to 44, still shaded to the over minus 112 at Bet Rivers. The under is minus 109. And now the spread has gone down slightly in favor of New England with it being at four, minus 110 each way. I was talking about this a little bit on Monday and maybe even a little bit more so yesterday when we were talking about the potential teaser opportunity. I like Buffalo in this spot. I think you can't take into account what happened the first matchup with them because it wasn't a normal game. And the weather doesn't look like it's going to be too insanely bad. And for Buffalo to lose two home games to the Patriots seems something that just wouldn't happen, especially when you have the better quarterback and offense, in my opinion, in Josh Allen and company. Now, both defenses are very respected, very top of the chain in terms of the NFL. Patriots, you could even argue, have the better, more consistent defense. I'm not going to deny that. But the Patriots, when they've really actually seen competition in a somewhat normal environment, that's when they faltered. I just still have questions out there about Mac Jones and how much we can trust him in this type of game and when he has to keep up in terms of the passing, right? I mean, last week it was a struggle in that sense, and I'm not going to say it's going to completely transpire that way this week, but more so what happened when they played at Gillette Stadium was Josh Allen. You really saw that offense do what they're capable of doing, and the Patriots, well, they were having a tough time keeping up offensively and limiting them defensively. So I get for the reasoning that it's a division game third time around you would take the points with New England. Heck, 
have it come down even more because I'm looking to get a better number on Buffalo because I think they have a really great shot in this game. So I'm curious where it does end up. Immediate momentum looked like it was going toward New England, but now it's pretty steady at four. Would absolutely love the idea of going with Buffalo minus four. But I'm just going to wait to see if we get that better number. So going to have a little bit of patience, but that's the movement we have seen for the Patriots and the Bills. As for the Eagles and the Bucks, we like we said, we'll talk about this more so with Ryan Rossine in the next segment about his Philadelphia Eagles. But how much faith showing for the Eagles? Uh, originally, you kind of got some slight respect. I mean, nine seemed to be the consensus opener, and now it's at eight and a half, so nothing too crazy. But in a playoff game, even though it's Tom Brady and against this Eagles team, might have been a little bit too much, so now it's down to eight and a half, but the odds still in favor of Tampa Bay, minus 112. If you want to lay the eight and a half, if you want to take it, you are laying minus 109. The total is where you've seen the significant action, though. 48.5 at the opener, now down to 46. I actually agree with that in the sense of, look, Tampa Bay, sometimes they get into these slow starts. Sometimes they play from behind, and in very meaningful games, that offense has really been slow against top opponents. You could argue whether or not you think Philly's a top opponent, but their defense has gotten a little bit better, and they're also a team that makes it completely harder on themselves. But I think this could be a slower type of game to where you look at this, because Tampa Bay does this a lot, right? You look at it and you go, oh, you know, Tampa Bay should roll in this game. It's Tom Brady against the Eagles. What are you kidding me? We saw what they did to the Eagles earlier this year, but they're probably going to get off to that slow start. You're still missing a lot of key offensive pieces, and you could trust Tampa Bay's defense that has certainly had their issues this year to at least be able to limit this Eagles offense that has simultaneously been very frustrating from time to time. So I definitely understand the reasoning of this going down from 48.5 to 46. Spread, not going to do anything with it. Don't trust Philly enough to take it because Tampa Bay has enough offensive firepower to dominate. But just like I said, they have been wishy-washy with all of their games. So I think you either teased out Tampa Bay and the under still could be a good look here. Uh, of course, you missed it by 2.5 points. But I like the under in that game for Tampa and Philly. Completely agree with that movement. 49ers and Bucks next. This line just moving as of late. It was at three pretty consistently. That's where it opened. That's where it remained up until now because you're seeing Dallas finally getting some respect in the market up to three and a half. If you do want to lay three in the hook with Dallas, obviously the odds not too crazy, minus 105. If you want to take three in the hook, you're going to have to pay a little bit more to get that crucial hook, minus 117 at Bet Rivers if you want to take it with San Fran. But the total, we discussed it last night. I played it over 50. It opened 49 and a half. Now it's up to 51. Shaded a little bit to the under minus 112. So maybe you get back down to that 50 and a half. 51 is probably the highest I would play it up to. But I do agree with it. Hence me playing it last night. But I like the over in this game for San Fran and Dallas. Again, that has moved from 49 and a half. Now up to 51. And just as of late, the spread at three up until this point. Now it's at three and a half in favor of Dallas. It'll be interesting to see where that spread settles. Steelers and Chiefs, highest spread of the board here. Kansas City currently a 12.5-point favorite. Total right now 46.5, slightly shaded to the over minus 112. This thing opened Kansas City minus 13, so a little bit of respect here for Pittsburgh with the high spread from 13 now catching 12 in the hook. Total at 46.5, haven't seen too much movement. This game probably draws at least some amount of interest to myself and I'm sure plenty other people because you look at it and you go, well, Kansas City should probably roll. I mean, Big Ben's presumptive last game is the way you could look at it, but, you know, I, it's whatever to me. I mean, Kansas City, let's just get over it. 
win the game, not too much interest in terms of the betting angle. Probably just be looking at props for that Sunday night matchup. Finally, Cardinals and Rams, Monday night. Los Angeles currently a four-point favorite. Total currently at 49.5. Looks like that thing could tick up to 50. It opened at 50, went down to 49.5, so could get back there. But where the movement was, as we alluded to last night, five was the opener in favor of Los Angeles. Now this is at four. How much can you trust Matt Stafford in a big game? How much could you trust him during these last few regular season games? And the answer is really not at all. And I get that the trust isn't there as much as well for the Cardinals, but when you're catching points third time around against a very uncertain, unstable quarterback, I absolutely love the movement toward Arizona. That's the way I would lean. And we talked about teasing it. If it gets to four and a half, could go over 10 for more cushion. But honestly, you might be okay just taking the points with the Cardinals at four as it is right now. But that's going to wrap it up for all of the midweek movements for NFL Wild Card Weekend. We will continue the discussion for these playoff games, specifically with the Eagles. Coming up next, host of the Philly City Cast, Ryan Rothstein, joining us. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Welcome back to the program. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois, out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And joining us now from Philly, host of the Philadelphia City Cast, his team in the playoffs, just like we all predicted, Ryan Rothstein joining us. And Ryan, I know you are pumped as well as everybody in Philly, but at the same time, maybe you're a little bit scared because you see the opponent, the defending Super Bowl chance that you got to look forward to, who are also laying eight and a half at home with this total now at 46. What's your excitement level from a fan? And then what's your excitement level maybe from an objective standpoint? <laughs> it's um, 
I, I don't know. I mean, obviously you, you say, well, we're just happy to be here. And, and that's, that's true, but all right, we're here. So let's, let's try and make the best of it. Let's go try and compete and, and win this football game. Now that's certainly a lot different than from where we're going to be looking at it. Can they at least cover? Let me just say this, and I don't want to sound like a Homer. I will gladly bash my teams any and every opportunity that I get, and I'll, I'll keep it real, but the bucks are not the bucks. I mean, this team, Danny, uh, has been, I don't want to say faltering. Maybe that's a little bit dramatic down the stretch, but both of these teams finished the season seven and three in their last 10. You look at what Tampa Bay has been able to do defensively against the run over the last eight weeks of the season. They're giving up almost five yards per rush, which if that was the case all year would be good for 31st. They're very shorthanded. We already know about AB. We already know about Chris Godwin. You have Fournette. You have Shaq Barrett. You have JPP. You have Levante David. All of those guys questionable at best. Not sure if they're going to play. It seems like they will, but certainly not 100%. I, I just think it's not as crazy to talk about the Eagles covering this big number. Add on the weather factor. I'm not the big weather guy where I just dissect the Doppler radar uh, every week, Danny, but this is uh, looking like it's going to be heavy rain, heavy wind, which just tips the scales a little bit in the Eagles favor. So I think there's a lot of underlying factors that can get you to the Eagles covering this number. Yeah. And even aside from the wind, which is a great point that I didn't even add last segment when we were talking about the movement with this total. But Tampa Bay, as you said, I mean, they're definitely vulnerable in a lot of these spots. Maybe they could turn it around in the postseason, but even in their Super Bowl run, they had a lot of close efforts, including against Washington, for example. But because of that, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think taking the point seems like the better move in terms of laying it. But if you do want to go with Tampa Bay, I would absolutely advise teasing them down through the seven and the three for sure. But I completely agree with what you're saying. And that weather is definitely another added incentive to think that if, hey, if this game is going to be a lot controlled on the ground, then you could at least keep it close and assuming it's not going to be a blowout. And then in terms of that total, Ryan, like I said, I mean, this thing opened like 48 and a half. Now it's down to 46. Weather absolutely playing a major factor in that. But even aside from it, right, I mean, because of Tampa Bay, they've been getting off the slow starts. And Philly, as you and I have talked about ad nauseum, I mean, they like to make it harder on themselves, too. I could even see this, aside from the weather, just being kind of a slower scoring type of game or slower type of rhythm in this, in this matchup. So with that being said, do you still think there's maybe value on looking for this total under 46? Or did you maybe miss the boat? I think you missed the boat a little bit. You know, I, I did the city cast episode yesterday. You mentioned 48 and a half. Well, bet rivers in PA, Danny, it was at 49 and my wow. best play when I was recording that episode yesterday, I was screaming and yelling uh, to take the <laughs> under 49. I wake up this morning and my episode was all about, wow, it moves, it moves two points to 47. Now you and I are talking it's at 46. So how I'm looking at it, you missed the boat. But if we're going to talk about the total, it is where it is right now. I, I would still lean under, but man, I'm happy I submitted that bet under 49 when I did. It's yeah, it's only three points, but we all know three points is a hell of a, a lot of a difference. So you missed the boat. Big time. And, and Brian, a lot of times during this season, speaking of missing the boat, 
we try to get involved in these props, and if you don't jump in right away, you know, it stings in the end. And a guy who's been great with his props, and sometimes he'll get bad beats, but Jalen Hurts, and we know he's going to have to be mobile in this game, I'm sure, especially against this really solid Tampa Bay defense, who, granted, has had their struggles, but in a playoff-type atmosphere, we'll see what kind of squad shows up. But I'm sure Jalen Hurts, especially because of that win, too, will have to be completely mobile and improvised to really create these plays, especially if they're trailing. Do you see that being a profitable, uh, profitable venture, looking at the rushing props for Hurts? I know we don't have anything out right now, but where would you speculate that number to be? Yeah, it, it's a good question on where it's going to end up landing. I mean, for a good part of the year, it was consistently around 46 and a half, 47 and a half. And then leading up to the ankle injury right before he he tweaked that ankle, it was 49 and a half to 50 and a half on his uh, rushing yards total. So let's just say it's 49 and a half. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, none of us are where it's going to officially land here. I, I still like the over. This is a game where, all right, you're in the playoffs, right? Nick Sirianni knows where his bread is buttered. This Eagles offense knows where their bread is buttered. Uh, and they're going to, they're going to run the rock, right? Like if we're talking about this Eagles team being competitive, they're going to have to get close to, if not over 200 total rushing yards on the ground. Jalen hurts is going to have to be in that 75 to hundred range. Uh, and I think Jalen's going to lean on everything that he does well and avoid all of his deficiencies at any and all cost. Uh, so I, I expect Jalen to end up running around, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think you have multiple different paths to it, uh, and he's going to get over his rushing yards prop. So I would say early before we even have the full menu at Bet Rivers, I, I would lean towards uh, Jalen Hurts and his over for his rushing. All right, and then tell us another angle that you're seeking out here. How about the individual team points? This is naturally seen movement as we've seen the full total for this game alters. So have the individual team totals and the Eagles. I think they're at like 19 and a half earlier, Ryan, and now it's at 17 and a half at Bet Rivers. Slightly shaded to the over minus 117. Under is minus 113. Did you get involved in this one early as well? And if not, or even if you did, I mean, how would you attack the 17 and a half? I liked the Eagles team total over 19 and a half. So here we are at 17 and a half. And I'm all over it. And you may say, well, wait a second. This guy just said, take the under on the game. Uh, that doesn't really make sense. Well, I think it does. And maybe it's giving myself a small margin for error, but I like to live dangerously as Austin powers once said, um, I'm, I'm going over the Eagles team total because I, I see the Eagles getting over 20 points, but I see I see a closer matchup. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to light this scoreboard up like some are anticipating. I, I see a a 24 to 20 type of game, 24, even 21 type of game. I, I see this game being closer than a lot of people are predicting. And, and I think the Eagles are going to have some success on the ground and they're going to be able to figure out a way to at least get over 17 and a half. So that is also one of my favorite plays. Alrighty, Ryan, before we let you go, about a minute remaining in this segment that we got you. Tell us about your Sixers tonight. They're taking on the Hornets. Philly laying five, total at 224 and a half. Did you get involved with anything for this game tonight? And the Sixers all of a sudden look look like a real basketball team. It's uh <laughs> it's nice to see. And you know what? I don't have the Joel Embiid MVP uh updated odds in front of me, but I talked a little bit about this last week. 
Joel Embiid has been playing out of his freaking mind. I mean, there was like eight straight games where this guy was getting over 30 points and 10 rebounds. He is everything and and anything production wise for the Sixers team. So if he's able to continue this production, I think you look at Joel Embiid for a value MVP play. That's just a little sidebar note. Uh, and and for this game, I'm I'm riding with the 76ers. I'm I'm fine with laying the points. They've been playing better at home. They started the year pretty bad at home, which over the past three years is very unlike them. There's, they seem to be finding their groove a little bit with their new roster that does not include Ben Simmons. I had to get his name in here. <laughs> I figured he did. I saw a report about him earlier tonight. And I was thinking, I was like, should I throw it in? I was like, man, I don't want to disrupt his mood too much. But hey, Ryan, always appreciate the insight, both on the Eagles and the Sixers. And MB, by the way, value 40 to 1 still. Incredible odds considering what we were discussing him being the MVP barring the injury last season. Like you said, could be a decent look now at 40 to 1. But hey, Ryan, I know you got a lot of prep for this weekend. Enjoy it. Best of luck with your Eagles. We'll look forward to getting the recap afterward next week, my friend. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. You got it. At Wise Rye on the tweets again, host of the Philadelphia CityCast. It's Ryan Rothstein. Not only just the Eagles, but he's also got you with the Flyers, with the Sixers, all things Philadelphia betting and sports. He has got you covered. Coming up next, how about from PFF, Eric Eager getting us his thoughts on the upcoming NFL slate and some futures. We'll discuss that next. Stick around. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. VSN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VSN Plus all access to everything we do from right now through April 5th for only $69. So sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game, and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with all of our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Check it out at VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. That's VSIN.com slash big deal. Okay, welcome back to it. Rush Hour is the show right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5. You can catch me on the tweets at VEASAN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. And our next guest, give him a follow. Fantastic content when it comes to football at PFF underscore Eric or Eric Eager, co-host of the PFF Forecast. Love getting all your content, especially heading into the playoffs, Eric. So I'm very curious what you got dialed up for this weekend. Let's begin with a divisional matchup for the Patriots and the Bills. A little bit of respect going toward New England. Four and a half, now down to four. And this total's at about 44. A little bit of love, it seems like, trending toward the over. What's been your analysis on this matchup the third time around now, second game in Buffalo? Yeah, this is one where, you know, crazily, this is, you know, uh, the first time Bill Belichick's ever played uh, a road game in the in the wild card round uh, of the playoffs in his career, which is, uh, you know, crazy to even think about. Um, the weather on this game, I think, is why the total is the lowest uh, of the weekend on Saturday night. It's supposed to be about eight degrees uh, Fahrenheit with winds about eight miles per hour. So cold, not necessarily as windy as the last time these two teams played. Uh, in Buffalo, and as you said, I think like 
the suppression of you know sort of the expected scoring is leading to uh, for people to gravitate towards New England the way that they did uh, on that Monday night game uh, early December where you know New England was favored you know sorry New England was underdogs by three and a half points it closed around two and a half um, you, you know here you're getting that four because uh, the Bills have played really well over the past you know three four weeks uh, and New England's lost three of the last four including last week. Uh, in a game where, you know, if they would have won and Buffalo would have slipped up against New York, uh, they would have won the division and, and played this game at home. So there was something to play for there. Uh, I think uh, you're, you're probably right. I think the market's right to fade the recency bias here with New England uh, and, and buy them here uh, as a foe to uh, the, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I don't disagree with that per se. I guess the only thing that concerns me a little bit, which I'm sure a lot of the public is thinking, is that, look, when it was kind of in more so of a normal setting, Mac Jones and the offense not able to keep up and limit Josh Allen as much. But regardless, I mean, seeing an opponent three times probably warrants this one to be a close one. Uh, as opposed to the last meeting that we saw. But regardless, that's going to be a blast to watch on Saturday. Another game that's going to be high viewership for sure and high betting volume, no doubt, is Dallas and San Francisco, Eric. And we just saw some movement with this spread. It's been consistently three, and now finally it's moved off the key number. Dallas laying three in the hook. This total's also moved up a decent amount to 51. What's been your assessment for this matchup in Jerry World? Yeah, I mean, we make the number basically 51 on the dot for the total. Um, but for the spread, we would lean San Francisco here, especially at three and a half. If you get that, you know, basically, I know the total's higher, but you're getting, you know, basically 8% of games, you know, landing on three when when the spread is three uh, in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I really do like the Niners in this one. They presented a unique uh, sort of offensive scheme. And, and you know, they, they showed last week against a good opponent on the road uh, in, in um uh, you know, in L.A., that they can even come back from behind, uh, which was something that, you know, all these run first teams, uh, you know, struggle to do. They did it without Trent Williams as well, who ha has been basically one of the best players in the NFL uh, this season. So, uh, you know, with Dallas, obviously they're a team that like, you know, they could win the Super Bowl. Um, but the problem being is, you know, over the last like, two months, you know, they've had two impressive wins, one. Uh, against a Washington football team that was both depleted and not very good. Uh, and then this past week against uh, Philadelphia, a team that was resting a lot of their starters. Beyond that, even in their wins, they have not been terribly impressive. And Dak Prescott, after a, you know, a fairly strong start to the season, one of the best starts to the season, ha has declined a little bit. So uh, that's why I like San Francisco in, in a battle of you know, two teams that if we were in the 90s would be fa facing off in the NFC Championship game every year. Yeah, and Eric, with this Cowboys team, I mean, you're right. It's not that they're necessarily boom or bust. We know that the ceiling is as high as they can make it, but a lot of times they have been kind of tough to rely on. And I think you look at this defense, and they've got great pieces up front. Micah Parsons is an absolute beast. And then you look at Diggs, and what I thought was interesting that all the PFF guys were talking about is that everybody likes to think of Diggs as this great defensive player, which, granted, he is. But really, it's because we see these highlight-worthy plays where he's getting these interceptions. But... Honestly, when you look down at the core stats, he's actually getting thrown out and letting up a lot of yardage. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, the last two years, he's really struggled in coverage. Um, you know, this year, he's given up over 1,000 yards into his targets. But, you know, obviously, with the interceptions, that has been a huge boon for them. And I think just in general, they're a boomer bust defense. I mean, Marcus Parsons is the most valuable linebacker in the NFL this year. Uh, and, and he's, you know, brought a lot to that team. Uh, so has Demarcus Lawrence when he's been healthy. So has Randy Gregory when he's been healthy. 
And, you know, a lot of that is, you know, if the San Francisco 49ers, especially given how good their offensive line is, uh, can pass protect, uh, you know, then Diggs will be one-on-one with some receivers that have really looked good for the Niners for play. Brandon Ayuk, a first-round pick last year. Debo Samuel, a second-round pick in 2019. Debo Samuel had 1,400 yards this year uh, and, you know, eight rushing touchdowns. So he's one of the most versatile, uh, most valuable players in the league. And then last week, Jawan Jennings came up uh, humongous in a game against the Rams. Uh, do do the Cowboys have the defensive backs to go toe-to-toe with that team? Uh, that remains to be seen. And I think one of the reasons why you should take them as the dog in this one. Yeah, don't disagree with that whatsoever. San Fran has been an incredible team the latter half of this season, and good coaching all around. We'll see if it prevails in Jerry World on Sunday. Uh, Looking at the overall scheme of things, because we're going to talk about futures a little bit later in this show, next segment actually, and I wanted to ask you about it too. What are some teams that have stood out to you in both the NFC and AFC that you would maybe take a flyer on, think are being undervalued, or just because of the specific price? What are a couple teams that you would look forward to still getting involved with now? Yeah, Tennessee is sort of that team where, um, you know, you look at them and they, we give them a 28% chance to, to make the, the Super Bowl, a 12% chance to win the Super Bowl. Those are both above where the market is. And I think the market is really, you know, I know, I know Tennessee hasn't been that, you know, impressive in the second half of the season, um, but they get a lot of their core players back and back healthy uh, in the postseason. They also get the bye. Uh, I know Kansas City lucked out really well. Um, you know, with getting Pittsburgh in round one, but that still is going to be a physical game. And that's still going to be a situation where there's a possibility that Kansas city plays that night game on Sunday and has to turn around and play a divisional round game, even, you know, at home, but, but on the following Saturday, which would again, not be necessarily, uh, you know, as good, obviously as getting the two seed in, in the previous format. So I think Tennessee is being undervalued because uh, you know, the one seat is still more valuable than, than you know, the, some of their, uh, I think, market level, uh, you know, fading that people have been doing with them. And then I also like Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay uh, is being slept on a little bit um, because of the Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin situations. But I do think Brady, uh, you know, he's he's done more with less in the past. Uh, and, and if Green Bay slips up, there's got to be a, a team to take advantage of it. Uh, and Tampa Bay, being that two seed, would have a home game in the divisional in the conference championship round should Green Bay uh, slip up. Yeah, Tampa Bay. I mean, I've just been kind of waiting to jump in on them, and I know it is a little bit uh, suspect because. Look, you're right. I mean, they have lost weapons. The defense hasn't been consistently healthy, but plus 750 with Tom Brady, and I think you put it perfectly, he's done more with less before. So strong consideration with Tampa Bay. I don't hate that idea as well. Plus 750 right now to win the whole dang thing at Bet Rivers. Eric, we are up against it, my friend. Thank you for making some time as always. Enjoy the slate this weekend, and best of luck with all your plays, my friend. Of course. Uh, take care and have a good one. Good luck this weekend. You bet. Eric Eager, folks, follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. Catch him, co-host of the PFF forecast throughout the week, wherever you get your podcasts available. But I like his line of thinking for the Super Bowl futures, which we'll talk a little bit more about tomorrow. Coming up next, so we're going to focus on some other unique futures that you can bet throughout the postseason. But look, if you're looking at the Super Bowl odds right now, Green Bay is a short shot still at Bet Rivers plus 350. Kansas City plus 425. Then you get Tom Brady and the Bucks at plus 750. The Bills are 8 to 1. Tennessee plus 850. Rams 10 to 1. Cowboys 13 to 1. And the list goes on and on and on. I know we're talking about the 49ers. They're 25 to 1. 
How about the Cardinals at 25 to 1? I'm not saying I disagree with it, but just how dominant they were to begin and where their odds were earlier, and now they're all the way at the bottom of the barrel at 25 to 1 odds. I, like I said, we'll talk about it tomorrow. I don't hate the idea of taking Buffalo, though, 8-1. to one. I think that could have some juicy value, like I kind of have said in the past. I mean, the past couple of years, we've had these teams that we have seemingly forgot about slightly or haven't played as well as we thought they would throughout the season. Two years ago, everybody kind of forgot about Kansas City in, like, December and January. Same thing with Tampa Bay. They were 7-1 to win the NFC. We cashed in on that last year. Maybe the Bills are that team, maybe not, but it has happened the last couple of seasons. So we'll talk more about that tomorrow, but we'll talk passing leaders, receiving leaders for the futures of the postseason coming up next right here on Rush Out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. So download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21, gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Colorado, 1-800-522-4700, Michigan, 1-800-270-7117, one 532 in Virginia, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF, playable in New Jersey, as play Sugar House, Boyd, where prohibited. Okay, final segment here on Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It is time to talk some NFL futures. Once again, Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And Bet Rivers has plenty of these futures available and these specifically unique ones to the postseason. So I wanted to spend some time throwing these out. Haven't necessarily made an official play, but wanted to narrow it down to a few and let you decide what could be worth a play. So to begin with, let's talk about the quarterbacks that could have the most passing yards in the playoffs. So if you want to find out where this tab is, you go to the NFL tab and press Futures, and then it's under NFL Playoff Specials on the Bet Rivers website. So let's begin just throwing out these odds. So Patrick Mahomes, big surprise, he is the short shot, plus 225. Tom Brady coming next at plus 325. Josh Allen at plus 650. Joe Burrow also at plus 650. Stafford 7-1. Prescott 8-1. Rodgers plus 850. 
Notable name, Kyler Murray at 25 to 1. List goes on and on and on. So just kind of rifling through some of these guys. Patrick Mahomes at plus 225. Is this worth the play? In my opinion, not necessarily. And it's not to say that I don't think he can that he won't get it. It's just based on value and other circumstances. It wouldn't be my first choice. However, he is averaging over 25 and a half completions per game on about 39 pass attempts and 284 passing yards. So his first opponent is going to be the Steelers. Not too bad against the pass or eighth in DVOA pass defense. In the first game against Pittsburgh, threw for 258 in the air. But like that first matchup against Pittsburgh, maybe they just completely dominate. They don't need Mahomes to throw it a lot. They focus on the running game and slow down that tempo. It won't pad his stats as much. But looking further to that, assuming that Kansas City wins. Their next win, in my opinion, is going to be Buffalo. Or their next game is going to be Buffalo. I think the Bills beat the Patriots. So Buffalo actually ranks first in DVOA pass defense. But Mahomes did toss the pigskin for 272 that first go-around against Buffalo. Who knows if they get past the Bills, but if they do, it'll either be Cincinnati, who ranks 24th in DVOA pass defense, or Tennessee, who ranks 11th. Again, Mahomes, tough matchup right after Pittsburgh, assuming it's going to be New England, Buffalo, whatever it is, both those two teams have good defenses. And then if you get Cincinnati, could be favorable, but Tennessee, not terrible with their pass defense. But based on that short value, it's going to be a no-go for Mahomes for me, but I wouldn't tell you not to bet it because he probably does have the best shot. But again, not for me. Tom Brady, I have a little bit more incentive to look forward to. Now, Tom Brady's throwing the most by a large margin. Most completions, most pass attempts, most passing yards in the NFL. For example, most pass attempts, 719. Next closest was Herbert with 672. Most completions at 485. Next closest, Herbert, 443. Most yards, 5,316. You guessed it. Next closest, Justin Herbert, 5,014. Now, the Eagles, great matchup, bad weather conditions. That's what stinks for Brady here is this wind is going to be atrocious. But Philly's secondary and just overall pass defense ranks 25th in DVOA. And he threw for 292 passing yards against the Eagles earlier this season. Now, he's averaging about 312 passing yards per game on over 42 pass attempts and over 28 completions. So if we look further, assuming they beat the Eagles, their next opponent presumably going to be the Cowboys, who rank second in DVOA pass defense, or the 49ers, who rank 16th. If you think the 49ers beat the Cowboys, could be a decent bet, considering the San Francisco secondary I've talked about a lot, but I think is their weak crutch for sure. However, he did throw for 379 week one versus Dallas. That was the beginning of the year, but still something to consider. And if you think they can get to the NFC Championship game, and maybe it's going to be Green Bay, Packers do rank 15th in DVOA pass defense. I would have more confidence in betting Brady because of the value. I just think it's more attractive than Mahomes at this point. So, Brady, don't hate it. Don't hate it at all. The guy that I might put for numero uno is Josh Allen, though, because of the value and because just how much they sling it, too. Plus 650 for Josh Allen. I already talked about the Bills being that team I think could win the whole dang thing. And if that's the case, well, then you've got to like the chances for him to have the most passing yards. He's averaging 24 completions on about 38 pass attempts per game. Only about 260 in the air. Wish that could be better. Maybe things change in the postseason. Uh, versus New England in that crappy game had 145 passing yards. But then in the other one, tossed it for 314. Patriots do rank third in DVOA pass defense, but in more of a normal setting. He obviously didn't have struggles passing it against the Patriots. 
And assuming that they can beat the Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Steelers, Kansas City ranks 23rd in DVOA pass defense. Tossed it for 315 against them the first go around. And like we said, Cincinnati, 24th in DVOA pass defense, or Tennessee 11th after that. I like Allen because of that value and because I think the Bills can get on a nice roll here in the postseason. So don't hate Josh Allen whatsoever. Finally, the other guy that I would narrow it down to, Dak Prescott, 8-1. to one. This is based on a couple things. One, like we talked about with Eric Eager, this Cowboys team still has completely enough talent to win the whole thing this season, but they also can just be very unstable. However, Prescott is getting about 26 completions, 37 pass attempts per game, and passing it around for 278 in the air consistently. 49ers, like we said, bad secondary, 16th in DVOA pass defense. Maybe not bad, but relatively not the greatest. Uh, assuming they can get the win, they would get Tampa Bay, who ranks 10th in DVOA pass defense. Week one threw for over 400 passing yards against the Bucks. He's got the highest completion percentage besides Joe Burrow out of this group at 68.8%. Value-wise, and if you have faith in Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, this could be a very good angle for Prescott. Top three, though, that I would narrow it down, not in any particular order, but I think it's got to be Brady at plus 325, Josh Allen at plus 650, and Prescott at 8-1 to one would be the three that I would narrow it down to in this group. Let's take a look at another area, though. What about most receiving yards throughout the playoffs? Cooper Cup, obviously the clear favorite here, plus 650. But you can't really trust the Rams, can you? You can't really trust Matt Stafford, can you? I can't, but because of his dominance this season, I get why he's a short shot at plus 650, but it's going to be a no-go for me right away. Not really going to spend too much time on Cooper Cup. But Devontae Adams at plus 750 I think is more intriguing. Yes, I know he's going to be missing out on a game because of the bye, but if we can assume that the Packers will at least make it to the NFC Championship and maybe even the Super Bowl well, then you make up for that missed game. He's averaging 7.7 .7 receptions on over 10 targets per game and 97 receiving yards per contest. So I get it. Because he has the bye, that hurts his chances a little bit. But if they can go up against the Rams next, he tallied up 104 receiving yards against them before. The Arizona Cardinals win. Well, he didn't play in that Cardinals game, but you got to think he could still feast in that matchup. And if they do end up playing the 49ers, down the road, whatever it may be, he went for 132 against them. Did not match up against the Cowboys, but dominated the 49ers. Devontae is obviously Rodgers' favorite target, and the Packers are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. So Devontae Adams may be your most consistent threat in this group. Tyreek Hill, also another name hard to ignore, plus 750, but he's had kind of a strange year. Kelsey's plus 750 as well, but I have a little bit more conviction with Tyreek Hill, who's averaging six and a half catches on over nine targets per game and 73 receiving yards. Versus Pittsburgh, he only had 19 the first go around. Versus Buffalo, if they play them, was limited to 63. And whether it's versus Tennessee or Cincinnati, had 49 versus the Titans, 40 versus the Bengals. I don't know what it is, but against these opponents, hasn't been dominating like we've seen in the past. Doesn't mean he can't flip the script in this postseason, but I just don't think the production's been there as consistently with the widespread group that Kansas City has. So I would get why you'd want to bet Tyreek. I wouldn't talk you off of it, but it wouldn't be my first choice. Stefan Diggs kind of correlated with my thoughts on the Bills going deep. Josh Allen with the passing yards. Heck, maybe there's value then in Stefan Diggs at 11 to 1 for most receiving yards. Now he's getting about 72 per game versus New England. 
got 85 in that game where it was a little bit better weather, 45 or 51, excuse me, in the game where there was terrible weather versus Kansas City. If they face them, had 69 versus them earlier this season. Versus Tennessee, if they play them, had 89 earlier this season. Did not play the Bengals. But Stephon Diggs, I think, is a great value play at 11-1 to if you think the Bills go deep. Mike Evans at 13-1 is intriguing, but again, the inconsistencies are there. And I, I know because he's injured or the other guys are injured, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, you would think that he would have to come alive. And maybe you're right. So, I, again, Mike Evans, I completely agree if you'd look that direction, but I'm just not too sold because he hasn't been that consistent this year. So I would narrow it down, though, to probably a few guys here. Devontae Adams would probably be at the top plus 750 despite the buy. Tyreek Hill, I think he could still consider if he comes alive this postseason at plus 750. Then Stephon Diggs at 11-1. to 1. So just wanted to recognize some of those future opportunities are a little bit unique. Might tag them on throughout the week, but we'll definitely be talking about Super Bowl futures tomorrow. No best bets for me tonight. We'll just be sweating out the Bulls and the Nets game. Best of luck with whatever you are playing. We'll catch up again tomorrow here on Rush Hour. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.